Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2080 and rev it up we will. This week on Cars Yeah, you best buckle up because we're celebrating the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion that takes place this August 17th through the 20th at WeatherTech Raceway in Laguna Seca. To learn more and get your tickets, go to weathertechraceway.com. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in one of my favorite places in Scotts Valley, California, with somebody who's been on the show before, a longtime friend, fellow racer, Bruce Canepa. Bruce, welcome to Cars Yeah. should say welcome back. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I think we're ready. I've already fired up the car. It's warmed up. I did one lap. Let's go. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so before I introduce you, as if uh, most of my listeners already know who you are, but we're going to be focusing today on the uh, Rolex historic races that are just uh, one of those things that we all love to do. And that's a, an event that you're at or have been to many, many times. But I'm going to ask you something that I, I'm pretty sure I didn't ask you last time we were on the show. And we had a little pre-show chat that exposed one part of your history. I don't know if you want to bring that up about going to Catholic school when you were a kid and uh, a little disruptive, maybe. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Bruce Canepa? Well, I don't even know if I want to divulge anymore. <laughs> I think I divulged enough. Um, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, it's, a lot of people, when they come to my place, don't know that this is where I was born and raised. I was actually born and raised in Santa Cruz, California. And, uh, and my dad was here other than when he was in the military. He was a he was in World War II. Other than that, he was spent almost his whole life here, too. So Wow. Well, local boy. I'm a local boy. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, let me give you an introduction, and we're going to dive into what's coming up this summer at the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Bruce Canepa is the founder and CEO of Canepa Motor Company. Bruce is passionately involved in pretty much every aspect of his company's business, from vehicle design, development of historic and collector car sales, restoration, and of course, vintage racing. Canepa is renowned for expertly combining sophisticated design, Superb craftsmanship in new vehicles and Pebble Beach level restorations on collector cars, vintage race cars, hot rods, luxury cars, motorcycles, SUVs, and you know what? You name it. They've touched it. He and his team's projects and builds are recognized as the best of the best. And I can tell you, I've seen them and they are. Bruce has raced in all sorts of cars over the years. And today he runs in most of the premier historic events around the world, including the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. So give them a little love. Buckle up. We're going for a fast ride today. We'll be right back. You know, I've been an advocate for Covercraft products to protect my vehicles for decades. But did you know that they also offer you top quality products for your boats and watercraft? Covercraft puts their quality design, manufacturing, and fabrics into their full cover bimini tops, T-tops, boat lift covers, outboard motor covers, personal watercraft, and accessories. 
protect your marine toys from damaging UV ray, and you'll get the same high-quality fit and finish you've come to know for your road vehicles for your watercraft. And I've got a great offer for you as well. As usual, use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off, and you get free shipping too. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you on the road and even on the water. Visit Covercraft.com today. I recently learned about Zengen after having Matt Spurlock as my guest here on Cars Yeah. It's an oil analysis kit that allowed me to sample my engine's oil and learn about its inner health with my own personalized and detailed Zengen report. It's only $39.95 and the shipping is free both ways. Your Zengen oil analysis costs less than an oil change. I ordered two sample kits and discovered their easy to use process took me less than five minutes to collect my vehicle sample and mail it back to their world-class labs. In only five days, Zengen sent me a link via email to my very own personalized Zengen score. My custom report measures 30 different data points, including contamination, metals, lubricants, additives, and a whole lot more. I was so relieved to learn that my vehicles, well, they're doing just fine. And I've got a deal for you. Go to ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYEAH20 and you'll get 20% off your first two kits. What a deal. And this makes a great Father's Day gift as well. So get your dad his very own Zengen kit. Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you or dad thousands of dollars and you'll rest better at night knowing that your Zengen score means your engine is in perfect condition. That's ZengenScore.com and use the code CARSYAH20 today to get 20% off. Zengen, it'll put your mind at ease. I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day and he asked me about American Collectors Insurance. He said, while I listen to you on Cars Yeah, you're always talking about agreed value collector car insurance. Well, I insure all my cars on my regular auto insurance policy, and I've done it for years. Why use a different company for my collector cars? I get a multi-car discount. Isn't that good enough? I suggested he call his carrier and ask how much he would get if his collector car was totaled are stolen. He called back and said, boy, that was a scary conversation. Their value of my car wasn't even close to what it's really worth. Thank you for the education, Mark. So don't just hope for a fair claim settlement. Be certain and know exactly what you receive with an agreed value policy. American Collectors Insurance has been protecting enthusiasts since 1976. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866 866- 224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green's at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors, automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. They're the ones that insure my car. That's American Collectors Insurance. So Bruce, we're back. We're going to dive a little deeper into the corner, something you love to do. You have a very long history in racing, motor racing, and specifically vintage racing. So give us a little background on this racing. Take us on a little history ride and bring us up to the future. Well, you know, I, I, uh, I loved fast from the time I was a little kid. It started on a bicycle and then it graduated to a go-kart. And from there, it was Watsonville Speedway in a dirt car and they called them sportsmen. And they were basically a mid-50s Chevy chassis car with a narrowed body with a wing with a 360-inch motor, if I remember right, V8 motor. So, And then super modifieds, 
so it got way more serious. I started racing super modifieds and then from super modifieds to sprint cars, which were the most fun race car I ever drove. They were also the best teaching tool I ever ever experienced. I mean, because you do everything in that car with the throttle and it's a town car with 800 horsepower. So they were they were the most exciting for me ever. And if, if I was young forever, I'd probably just drive sprint cars. If only we could be young forever. <laughs> exactly. So, and, but, uh, so I did, I did those with the, you know, winged and non-winged cars and, and really, uh, really enjoyed those cars. And then from there I went to, uh, I went to road racing and, and I didn't grow up in road racing and I didn't grow up on pavement tracks doing anything like that. So my very first experience in that was in a, Porsche 934 and a half, and then 935s, and then uh, I drove the March, the first March GTP car. I was a co-driver with Bobby Rahal and Jim Truman, and then on to the 962s um, at, at, the, at the end of their era when they ran in the late 80s. So that's kind of what I did, you know, and, and, and aside from that, I did some stints at Pikes Peak. I drove a thousand-pound car Pikes Peak in 1980, and it was the quickest car there then, and then went back in 2000 and drove Kenworth's truck that they had, and <laughs> yeah. it was, uh, it was, it, it, it had twice as much horsepower as the first car weighed. Um, the, the, it had 2,000 horsepower and 4,000 plus foot-pounds of torque and weighed 12 or 13,000 pounds, and, and we set the record with that truck a couple of times, and, and I think it was never broken, but it was, it was crazy, that truck. It was so much fun. It was, uh, and I, and I drove it exactly like a sprint car. I got, I, I, the guys at Kenworth got that thing sorted out so I could rotate it to the corners without having to, you know, lift a whole bunch. Just go flying in and pick up the throttle and get back in the throttle and full throttle oversteer through the corners. So incredible. That was, uh, <laughs> that was kind of a, crazy fun thing to do and and uh, i was pretty successful so it's so, fun stuff yeah and then in the 90s you know i switched over I, I mean my business was growing i was running a business at the same time i was trying to race and i i had decided kind of early on that that my career path for work was going to be my business because i i really had a passion to to build a, a collector car kind of business where we did restoration and did sales and 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 did all this other stuff and and I wanted racing to be fun. I wanted it to be you know not be a job for me, but to be fun. Continue to be a fun thing to do. So um, we kind of switched direction and and in the nineties we started doing the vintage racing. I think it was it was right in the early nineties when I first did a historic car race and and we've been we've been kind of doing them ever since and and it's been fun because I've driven a lot of different cars in that arena just like I did in the in the professional stuff I've driven old Trans Am cars and more modern Trans Am cars and GTP cars and my 935 that that I've had since 79 I I still drive it in historic races here it has more miles in historic races than it had in pro races actually <laughs> oh, now it, god I don't know how many miles it's got it's uh, we just we were just this last year talking about how tired it is it's it's just had the wheels run off the thing. And I've driven, you know, Formula One cars and I've driven Maserati bird cages and listers and, and, uh, oh my God, all kinds of cool things. So the historic racing really opens up opportunities to kind of drive all kinds of different cars, which is fun. And, and the whole thing is fun. It's really, it's not so serious like pro racing is. And it's, you know, you socialize with the guys you race with and, and it's about having fun. It's, it's, uh, I mean, there's, there's no real prizes. The prize is to, is to get to drive the car and, and test your own talents. You get to drive and figure out, you know, 
what you can drive well and and how fast you can go and and you do all this without you know risking yourself or other people around you it's uh it's a, it's a great environment I was talking to somebody the other day about you, Bruce, and I said, I don't know if there's anybody else I know or people I even don't know who's driven so many different vintage cars. I mean, your butt has been in more seats. Incredible. And the other thing that you've got to do, and we're going to get back to the vintage racing, but you also participate in some fun rallies and things. And I know recently you and Bruce Meyer, who's uh, Myers, who's been on the show here before, you had a little fun in a modified 356 on a, a rally, right? We had a great time. I, you know, honestly, I never did a rally. I've never had time. Usually, if I have time, it's it's a it's a race we're going to. So, uh, you know, I decided that that I better find time to do this at this point. And uh, I have a really cool 356, uh, an A model car that's that happens to have 210 plus horsepower <laughs> <laughs> and and almost a couple hundred foot pounds of torque. And wow. it's got We built it, I think. 10 years ago or so, but it's got a five-speed gearbox in it instead of a four-speed and wow. 911, 911 rear suspension in it out of an early 911 and, and you know, disc brakes, ventilated disc brakes and calipers from a 908. So it's kind of got all the right bits and pieces and it weighs 1,800 pounds. So jeez, oh, it is, uh, it's just cool it's it's a fun car i've driven it a lot over the years but i've never driven it you know all day every day for four days which is exactly what bruce and i did and uh i think we covered i think i looked at the speedo and we covered about 970 miles i think and oh, wow. uh, um and we were just uh i only know one speed so we our, our relaxed speed was pretty quick all the time yep <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah i figured and, uh, We've passed some of the group a couple times a day. <laughs> <laughs> Just do rotations. Well, you know, and that's one thing I'm going to touch on here, and I will, about uh, a little, I would say it's a secret because it's something you do to have fun at Laguna Seca. But I want to first talk a little bit about or ask you what makes, because it's your backyard track. It's right there near Scotts Valley. What makes Laguna Seca such a special place for you when it comes to vintage racing? Well, and it's really all racing. I mean, Laguna Seca, the track itself is, one of the most awesome racetracks to drive on. The elevation changes, the design of that racetrack, that the corkscrew is like, there's nothing like that in the world. Um, the challenges in the corners, uh, you know, turns one and two, that, that first set of corners is challenging to figure out the fastest line, and there's there's more than one fast line. And, and it's the same with a couple other places on that. The corkscrew, I mean, I have a completely different line through the corkscrew than the technical guys say you should be doing. So I never listen to directions much anyway. So, <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just one of those tracks that you're never bored. No matter how many laps you've done there, it's, it's not boring. You never really feel like you figured out every square foot of it. I'm still working on that. And, uh, um, and you know, you look at it, and, and it's not just me saying that. All of history says that. It, no matter where you look, it's it's considered one of the top ten tracks in the world in every list. No matter who writes the list, for most guys in the United States, they'll say it's their top, their most favorite racetrack in the United States. And throughout the world, there's guys that if you tell them you're from Monterey or from Laguna Seca or from this area, it puts a smile on their face because anybody that's been there absolutely never forgets the facility. One of the things that, that I think is cool about that facility for spectators and for people that have gone year after year like I have or people that are going to go this year for the first time is you can walk around and see every corner from some really unique venues. You no, know, absolutely. 
Yeah, that's yeah. With all the hillsides and everything else, it's it's amazing. And there's more to it than just you know the the history of the track's incredible. You've had Can Am there. You've had all the road races there. They've got different open wheel, you know, Indy cars there, Formula Atlanta cars there, Formula 5000. I mean, if you look at that track and the stuff that's been on it over the last 50 plus years, it's it's amazing. Some some very incredible races and famous cars and famous drivers. And uh, and and it's in Monterey. It's in it's in a part of California that there is no better place in the world for weather or surroundings. There just isn't. I mean, you look at Monterey, you look at, you know, the hotels, the restaurants, the, you know, the whole peninsula is just like somebody, you know, painted it on a piece of canvas, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, nice it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah it, so. it's really wonderful. Now, one of the things that I love you do that you do, Bruce, and I'm going to put some links on your show notes page here. Uh, when you're ready to race there, and I, I love it when you're in your Porsche, because I'm a big Porsche fan. The 935 I'm talking about. You like to qualify and you always qualify first, but you always find a way to start last and you work your way through the pack. And there's some wonderful videos of you doing that. I'm suspecting the reason you like to do that is what fun is it to run out in front and and not have to work a little harder to get through the crowd, right? Well, <laughs> I, I I don't know the correct answer. I said I get to see all my friends. I'll yes, see them, wave as you pass them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, look, it, it's definitely more challenging. There's no question. I have some advantage with all the laps I have in Laguna Seca. Yeah, and I'm pretty comfortable in a 935. I've always been comfortable with those things. Back even in when I raced them professionally, to to drive them pretty out of shape and carry a fair amount of speed in them. So yep. so I, I've had an advantage in that car because I I like that car. I like that car. It, at, at 10 tenths or more, I think that's an incredible car to drive. And a lot of guys don't love those cars at, at 10 tenths. So, yeah. so I have an advantage with that. And uh, I've kind of always been pretty good at working my way through traffic and everything. So, you know, it's just, uh, it just it, for me, it's just fun. And it's fun for the guys that are the other guys, too, because they're, you know, some of them can't believe, some of them want to sit there and count how many cars I can pass on lap one and two or something. Of course, you know? and, of course. And then the guys in the front, it, it's always the same guys in the front when I get there. There's always three or four guys that are up in the front that, mm-hmm. that, and, and then it gets to be real work. When I catch up to them, then it's, then it, then I got to start buckling down and really working hard because now, now the speed differential is pretty minor. So, yeah, but it just makes it more fun. I think I know that everybody that watches the races enjoys it more because they come see us after the race and, you know, they, they tell me, they tell me, Bex, I don't even know, like you passed 14 cars on lap one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I said, well, I, I need to pass quite a few while the tires are cold and those guys are nervous on cold tires right. and I just ignore it. Seat <laughs> just, time. It's all yeah, about seat the seat time. Well, you've driven some amazing cars on that track as well. And and a few years back, before uh, the COVID uh, rampage, you're out there in a 917. I know you, got, you have a 917, and running in that pack and that group of people. What's your impressions of that car at Laguna Seca? Well, we have two 917s in the museum that have both been to Laguna. One is a Gulf car, which is a normally aspirated car. In fact, it's the car that won the 24 Daytona in 1970, and those are amazing cars. When I sit in that car, it's just hard to get your head around the fact that this is a car that was built and designed in the late 60s in terms of its technology. It's a basic car. I mean, it's it's not electronic. It's not complicated. And yet it does everything extremely well. Um, the handling, the turning, the acceleration, the braking. Now, it's it's not for people that want to have the ultimate grip underneath them. 
because if you watch, I slide it around and do all kinds of things with it. But, but if you're the kind of racer that doesn't mind a car that's a little bit loose mm-hmm. or a lot loose yeah. <laughs> and is comfortable with whether the tires are spinning on acceleration or whether it's in the corner a little sideways, the car responds to everything you do. It, there's no bad things in that car from a driver's standpoint. Now, it turns into the corners, the way it accelerates, the way it stops. You know, I go over the hill of Lagoon. I never lift. It's flat over the top of the hill. And, nice. And yes, it, it feels a little out of shape. It feels light all that, but, but the car's on the ground. It's not going anywhere. It, they're just amazing. And then if you look at those cars and you understand some relative lap times with more modern cars, and you look at a 917 and its lap time, you, you, you kind of say, oh my God, I mean, how could that car be that fast when it's 50 years old? I know. You know it's, it's just 50, incredible. Literally 52 years old. And, and you're not on radial tires, you're on bias tires, and they're treaded bias tires. And, and then if you jump over, if I drive the Can-Am car, which I drove the Can-Am car at Velocity, the, 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 that's a 1,200 horsepower car. Oh. That's turbocharged. Yeah. And, and that car comes out of turn 11, and, and it never stops spinning the tires all the way up over the hill. It spins them in every single gear. And Donahue wrote that in his book, that it was the only car he ever drove that spun the tires to 200 miles an hour. Oh, and, uh, gosh. Um, and it does. It spins them in every single gear. It leaves black lines. And, and the acceleration rate on it is incredible. I mean, we talk about fast cars today. You know, we talk about cars that go two and a half seconds to 60. And, and you're right. That's extremely fast. How about the 917 turbo car goes two and a half seconds or 2.8 seconds to 100? Yeah. <laughs> Five and a half seconds to 150. And 10 seconds, 10.7 seconds to 200. It's just a rocket, and yet it's drivable. I mean, it's, yeah, guys think it's, they watch and they say, ooh, it's a little scary looking, but it's not scary to drive the car. It, it feels very comfortable. Um, and, and, and honestly, I wouldn't drive those cars if they were scary because the frames in them are made of aluminum tubing, weigh 100 pounds. Yeah. Your, your, your feet are six inches in front of the front wheels. That's the bumper. Is the bottom of your shoe, and uh, oh, and you know I, I call them motorized lawn chairs. I mean, yeah, yeah, are. you don't want to hit, hit anything in those things. They're just amazing pieces. They just uh, um, they're they're the most beautiful cars in the world just to look at them. But then from an engineering standpoint, they were so well done that you know, and we run them exactly as they were. We run them. There's not a single modification of those cars. They're just the way they were built. There's I don't think there's anything on that car you could improve. Incredible, you know, from that air, it's it's it, they're awesome. Yeah, that's there, and, and the view's not bad because in the closed car, you sit right in the front of those cars. Where you don't do that in modern race cars anymore for safety reasons, but you sat right in the front of them, so you you see everything. There's nothing in front of you but the ground, and and um, and in the and in the Am car, you got that view, and you don't have a roof, so you're really right, in, you know, right at the front of the car watching everything. Uh. So. I can only imagine. We're going to take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about your shop a little bit during car week because you do some fun things. So keep the seatbelt cinched tight. Like I said, we're on a fun ride today with Bruce Canapa. We'll be right back. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer 
in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. If you're listening to this program, there's a pretty good chance you believe what I believe, that the collector vehicles we love are more than just a means of getting from one place to the other. They're a part of our culture, our identity, and as a people, they bring us together at vintage races, classic car auctions, and thousand-mile rallies. That's why I support the RPM Foundation, which exists to ensure that the critical skills necessary to preserve and restore these important vehicles aren't lost to time. RPM stands for Restoration, Preservation, and Mentorship. And their goal is to inspire the next generation of vehicle restoration professionals through its outreach programs. And they include Shop Hop, Off to the Races, the RPM Future Class, and many others. These programs engage talented young people across the country and connect them with mentors and a variety of opportunities in the industry. For more information on how the RPM Foundation is driving the future of collector vehicles skill trade, visit rpm.foundation today. So Bruce, during car week, there's so many things to go and see, but one of the things you've always done is you have an open house. So people can come to your incredible facility. I call it Candyland because every time I go, and I've been there many, many times, I'm just flabbergasted, there's an old-fashioned word, of what is in your shop. You guys work on everything. So will you be doing that again this year? Oh, yeah. That never changes. We, uh, you know, like I, I'm, I'm proud of what this company has become and, and the guys that do all the work in the, sh- in the shops, the stuff they build. It's, um, I mean, every day, you know, it puts a smile on my face to see stuff the guys are building and what they're, whether it's, whether it's in the paint shop, the paint stuff they're doing or the upholstery shop or the fabrication shop and the motorsports department. Every department is just the guys do cool stuff. So, so it's, uh, it's an opportunity for us to, share all that talent and uh, for people to see what these guys do because a lot of people they don't get to see how the stuff's made and how 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 you end up with this car sitting on four wheels it looks like whatever it looks like and this gives them a chance to see it in pieces whether it's a a bare tub of a 959 and every single part of the car (laughs) disassemble and shelves full of parts and 
going through processes from looking older and corroded and a little tired to over here brand new and then you know all the changes of colors on the cars and the new interiors and and all this stuff and you know it's the same in motorsports seeing cars down to bare chassis and coming back to to life again and and uh you know there's there's no end to it and you know right, right now we're, we're we have a 906 in the shop that we're going to make a full-blown street car for a customer what? a historic 906 oh my gosh and he wants to drive it on the road so we're doing everything with an air system in it and making the seat a little more comfortable and the doors easier to open. It'll still look like a 906. We'll still keep it as close to its original car as possible, but it's going to be a street car. And and we've been doing this, you know, with 934s where we, a 934 was the first turbocharged, you know, production car for Porsche. And, and really a 934 was built from a, from a 930 turbo, just like your car. It's, it's, yeah. it's a 930 turbo. And, and they put big flares on the body, for, you know, extensions and wider wheels and center locks and, they were 500 plus horsepower right out of the box from the factory, and wow. and we've converted four of those now to streetcars, and they're licensed streetcars. And one of them we did for a customer has air and heater, and another one has just a heater. But uh, cool. we've upgraded the turbos and got rid of lag, and we softened the bench a little and a different brake pad and changed the rim halves on the DBS wheels from 16s to 17s, so we could put a Michelin radial tire with the right circumference. And wow. these things are just a blast. We're finishing a 934 and a half right now. Same same bodywork, 650 horsepower when it's done. And we have another customer that just, we just got a 935 that was originally an Interscope car in 78 from the factory, a factory 935. And we are making that a complete street car. And it'll even have air conditioning in it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so, so we're, we're and, and we just started a, a, a 90. Five three point eight RSR nine nine three car that was never raced, but it was just built as a race car, and we're making it a street car for one of Bruce Meyer's friends, and wow. uh, uh, and it'll have air conditioning in the passenger seat, and and he'll he can zoom over to cars and coffee. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> so during the car week, the what day of the week will uh, will your shop be open for people to tour? Monday, well, really Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. There we um, go. Yeah. So it, it's really open. It's actually open all week. It's all the way through Friday. It's completely open. Um, obviously, we get lots of people Monday, Tuesday, because that's when they got the most time probably to come. But uh, it's open all week. And uh, it's open the Saturday before. It's open on the weekend of the of the pre-reunion races. It's open, of course, all that week up through end of day Saturday on the first weekend. And then the next weekend, it's open all the way through the end of the day Friday. What fun. Well, uh, listeners, again, uh, you can check it out. You should go. There's also a museum there. You can walk around the shop and see what people are working on. You have never been anywhere like Canapa. Uh, this shop has cars in it that you'll, you just, your mouth will be open. Yeah, bring a jewel rag because you're going to need it because it's absolutely incredible. Is there any race car that you have not piloted around Laguna Seca that you would just love to jump into and drive? Yeah, I want to drive a 919 Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that. That thing just when I looked at what it did at the Nurburgring and 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 when it came to Laguna for the last rent sport, that thing was so fast it was crazy and and it was just it's just a marvel of technology. But uh, that's one of the cars I, I I haven't forgot after seeing that thing go around the track. Haven't forgot that. But the problem is is that list. If, if you asked me to sit down and, and actually write a list, <laughs> we'd run out of time. Of course. So, well, no kidding. You know, yeah, considering everything you've done, there's a lot more to go. What is the most special race car you have driven around Laguna Seca that really just keeps coming back into your brain? 
Well, it's it's there's no question it's the 917 turbo cars, and especially the Sunoco car, the 917-30. We restored that car, and uh, we 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 helped uh, you know provide the acquisition of that car. It was in store. It was in France for from the time uh, Mr. Chandler had sold it, Otis Chandler had sold it to uh, to the to the owner in in France, and we brought it back to the U.S. We completely restored it ground up and, uh, and it's been on the track and I've driven it. The owner's driven it and I've driven it, uh, pretty aggressively, you know, so th- there's nothing like that car. Nothing. Um, you know, it, it, it actually was 1430 plus horsepower oh, and, uh, yeah. and it had an extra, it has an extra eight inches of wheelbase, which makes it considerably more stable. It has different arrow. And the arrow is considerably different on it. That that car, when you go crest the hill of Laguna, um, I know that uh, if, if I recall from when we were testing, it was about 172 miles an hour in that car. Wow! And there's no transitional change. It doesn't feel light. It doesn't feel like anything changed. That's how incredible the arrow is on the car. So I I I can't say that I've been in anything that that is anything like that car. And I don't think anybody that ever got to drive one. Um, you know, unfortunately we lost Mark Donahue, but Brian Redmond drove one in the day and, and a few guys have driven the car. And, uh, I don't, I don't think there's anything to compare to that car for driving. The other car from just a pure speed standpoint that I drove at Laguna years ago, and this goes back to probably the late nineties, I think was the Nissan GTP car. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that era when they built the Nissan GTP car, and then Dan Gurney built the the Eagles um, after that car. That '90s era GTP car, which was you know it won the IMSA championship back then. That car made eight thousand pounds of downforce on a, on a moving plane wind tunnel, according to Trevor Harris, who designed the car. And when I drove the car, it had six thousand plus foot-pound springs in it. I think 6,500-pound springs. And Trevor said they even ran, at some points, a little stiffer than that. But it had 6,500-pound springs. It needs that kind of spring rate to hold the car up because the, da- because of the ground effects. Oh, it's pushing it down, down so towards. far. Wow. It's pushing it down so hard. It's sucking it to the ground so hard that you collapse it. So that car at Laguna Seca uh, was the fastest thing I ever drove around there. I did a 114 lap. And... Uh, and a 114 lap around Laguna Seca, it's it's kind of a different view. <laughs> you think? <laughs> it just, <laughs> nice way it just to put changes it. a little, you know. So, yeah, it blows your um, hair back a little bit, you know, if I had Oh, hair. God, <laughs> it was just crazy how, how fast it was. Wow. And, uh, wow. and the other car that, that uh, was an incredible to drive, car to drive around the track, and and, and I... I tell guys I need more seat time in it because it's so different than can you know I look at the Nissan GTP car even though it's that fast as a conventional kind of race car like a 962 is and then um, we get around pretty damn quick in a 962 also but I drove an RS Spider and that is just such a incredibly engineered and sophisticated car to drive you have to teach yourself to work less in the car the car does so much. You don't have to. I tell guys, when you drive an older race car, you're working everything. Your entire body's at work, right? right. Every limb and everything in your brain. And then you get an RS Spider and it has its own brain. And you just basically, you know, okay, shift it up, shift it down. It's got ABS. It's got yaw control. It's got traction control. It's got performance settings. It's got all this stuff. It's got no clutch. Um, you know, once you leave the pitch, you don't have to clutch it. I mean, it's paddle shift. I mean, it's just like it's a different world to think that you could kind of sit back this relaxed 
and go this fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's it's a awesome. Different feel. It's a very different than my Pike Speed truck when I drove. Yeah, you think? Yeah, just a, just a little bit. So no. I didn't ask you this question last time you were on the show, but I'm going to crawl into your skull a little bit, be a car psychologist. If you were reincarnated, pun intended, as a vehicle, and this isn't what you want to be, Bruce. This is how you perceive yourself. You Got to dig deep here as the man in the mirror. What kind of, and we'll, we'll isolate it to a race car, okay? What kind of race car is Bruce Canepa? Oh, God. What kind of race car is Bruce Canepa? Um, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's got, you've been in so many. Kind of a tough, tough question. I think Bruce Canepa is going to be a sprint car. I said, well, I, you know, having said what you said at the beginning of our talk and your history, that makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, a sprint car. I'm going to be a sprint car because a sprint car. I tell guys that you know, I've, Charlie Nierberg and I are friends, and and he's always he's also upset at me because we get a green flag and he thinks I jumped the green flag. And I said, <laughs> Charlie, I said, let me give you a little little hint. I said, when you drove when you drive sprint cars, he said you should go tr- practice in sprint cars for a race those with every guy. So when you're in a sprint car, when you see the start guy, when you see him blink, it's time to go. <laughs> I said, I said now. Today, I know I can't see that well anymore, so I just wait for him to twitch. twitch. I can't see him blink, <laughs> but if he twitches, he's dropping a green flag. So I said, there, there's your hint. There's your, there, there's your lesson for you. Yeah. So, so basically, I mean, those cars, I, I tell guys, they say, what's it like to drive one? I said, well, you start at full throttle, and you lift as little as possible. that's how you drive one it's a dance well there's a little racing tip for all you listeners today from Bruce Canepa watch for the twitch or the blink yeah yeah and don't try this don't try this in your car (laughs) no 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 absolutely if you want to learn more about Charlie he was guest number let's see I think it was 17 1739 back in January of 21 you'll find him on the Cars Yeah website great talk with him yeah so I want to touch on something maybe a little more serious here, and that is giving back. You have provided over the years not only a lot of smiles to people who own the cars that they entrust to you, but you provided jobs and opportunities for people to work in a field that is full of passion and inspiration. I think about working in your shop as a mechanic, a upholster, a painter, even the detailing guys. I mean, every level sales, because I know you. there's a lot of great cars you have for sale. By the way, listeners, if you want to buy one of the best of the best vintage cars, go to com and look at the stuff Bruce has for sale. Holy cow. How How are things today with finding people and providing opportunities for jobs? Is it still challenging like it has been in the last six, seven years? Well, it's it's been challenging for a long time. You know, it, it is really disappointing to me that that in our world, in our especially in our United States, that it is not appreciated any of the trades. Whether a guy learns how to paint a car or a house, whether he learns how to do electrical in a car or a building, whether he's a tile setter, a carpenter, a welding craftsman a sheet metal forming guy, a composite guy, you know, uh, just a general technician, we're not teaching people these trades anymore. And we're only lucky if we find a guy that either taught himself and went and found the right places to learn. And usually that's from somebody else, not from some school or something. I mean, you know, most schools don't have shop classes anymore and stuff. And, and that's sad. I mean, in businesses, the, the cost of doing business and the, and, the, and the struggles in business, especially since COVID, you know, a business doesn't have time to teach guys everything. I mean, we teach guys, but we can't run a school and teach 
you know, enough guys. And, and so it's, it's a big problem. It's, it's, and since COVID it's become a bigger problem. And, uh, um, it's just unfortunate because, you know, at some point, I don't understand how future generations think they're going to build anything. I think they think they're going to 3d print a new house. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do and, or a new car because you, you need, you need guys that learn engineering and you need guys to learn all of the craftsmanship skills and, and you need guys that, that go out and do this on their own. They, you know, take a car apart when they're 15 years old and try to put it back together and all the things we did. And, uh, and we're not seeing enough of that. We're seeing, we're seeing people interested. We're seeing people that love the cars, but, you know, they, 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 they're not, they're not getting exposed to places where they can learn the skill sets properly. And, you know, we're lucky when we hire somebody that's good because part of that is the guy, he had the ambition to learn it, but he also hopefully learned it from somebody else that was good at it that he worked with. So that's the biggest part of it. So yeah, you can tell your audience, we've got plenty of openings that we, you know, I don't know how many people we have a lot, but, but we, we literally, the amount of work that goes through this shops, we can have 15 more people in, in all the various places from the paint shop to the, to the fab shop, to the mechanical shop, to the motorsport shop. I mean, we're, we literally need, I think we outlined like 20 people would be our, our ultimate, even though we already have 67, we need that many more people, but it's not, it's not easy to find people. And, uh, and, and, and I tell guys, we're really lucky when you think about our customer base and the and the cool cars they trust us to work on and restore and and build and all this stuff i mean you know i mean i i didn't never guess we'd have this stuff in this shop that you see here <laughs> right incredible. now you know and it's incredible you know and 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 you know we're lucky that customers have the wherewithal that they can they can do this and and they trust us to do it and uh, that makes it that makes it you know that part's easy it's just yeah. it's just finding Finding more talent. That's, yeah, that's you the know, tough you, part. You put it really well at the beginning is for a long time the country oh we speak in general terms, but they have not held in high esteem the trades. And it really is a an amazing group of people. When you can find somebody, let's say to work on your house, that does a good yeah. job, good luck trying to find that these days. But when you do, you're so appreciative and you don't stop and think about how much time it took them to get to that point to set tile the way they set tile. Yeah, no. I mean, carpenters, cabinet makers, guy, tile guys. I mean, they're all artists. I mean, they, they really are. are. They're artisans. And when you look at, I mean, it's not like you just throw it in there. I mean, everything, especially if, if you know, I, I'm a perfectionist, obviously. And, <laughs> no, really? And I didn't when, know that when I go look at, Yeah. <laughs> when I go look at guys and how they do any skill set, you know, whatever it is, even the wiring that's behind the sheetrock in the wall. I mean, it's, yeah, no, it's a, it, it those are all skill sets that, that, that the whole country should have a huge appreciation for because it's uh there's not enough of it and uh and it's not something you just do i mean you have to have the the uh the ambition and then you have to you know do the work and learn it to, to do it right and then lots of experience to become one of the best at whatever it is you do so. well said hey is there a great book you've picked up in the last year or two and read that you'd like to share oh god um no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm in the middle of a couple of them. I haven't had time to finish any of them. I know it's um, terrible, isn't it? I'll, I'll do. I'll do that. I'll do that when I retire. So when about you, 20 okay. years from now, I'll start oh, really okay. reading full time. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one out there that I think you'll enjoy. I believe you know Sean Cridlin, who wrote the book um, Hurley Haywood, and he's got a a new series. Yeah. It's a three vol, actually four volume set that I just got. I just acquired the thing. I bit the bullet and got it, uh, which is Brumos: The History of, of Another oh, Amazing. Yeah, I know. 
I, um, I'm going to get to that. That's, uh, yeah, he does a great job with that stuff, but he's, he's got good materials to work with too. I mean, first Hurley and, and Brumos. Brumos has such an incredible history. Yeah. So, it's fascinating. Awesome. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to enable you to do something that, I mean, you've already done so many ultimate rides. This is almost a silly question, but I'm going to open up wide here. I'm going to provide you with unlimited funds. I'm like the dream client, whatever it costs, Bruce, go ahead. I'm going to write the check. You can take any vehicle you want, and you can go drive anywhere you want, and you can be with anyone you want, including somebody who's passed. So this Ultimate Drive has a lot of cool facets to it. For a guy who's driven in pretty much every Ultimate car, what does the Ultimate Drive look like for you if I could provide that? Uh, I'll do the 24-hour Le Mans with uh, Gurney and Foyt in a GT40. (laughs) Boy, you rattled that off really quick. Yeah, uh, (laughs) that sounds like the ultimate drive. We'll just leave it there. Wow, Bruce. Well, Bruce. Two two of my heroes. Well, uh, yeah, two incredible people. Yeah, that would be fun. So are there some maybe parting words of wisdom advice you could leave for listeners who have never been to Car Week, never gone to the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion, never been at Weathershack Raceway Laguna Seca, that would inspire them to to get a ticket and get out there and have fun like you and I are going to do in August? Well, it's it's the only place in the world at one time in one incredible place that you can experience every car thing you've ever imagined. And w- whether it's the kind of car, I mean, you, you'll go down the street and you'll pass Pagani's and Koenigsegg's and, and Chiron's and, and honestly, like they're cordwood. <laughs> they're just <laughs> everywhere. And, and you'll go to the racetrack and there'll be every incredible race car and tons of incredible Porsches. You go to Pebble Beach and you'll see cars from the teens to the sixties generally and that, that you've only seen in a picture, you know, on a wall somewhere. And it's every kind of experience, whether it's a concourse or a road tour or, you know, the, the, the lemon show, the Ferrari <laughs> yeah. stuff over here, Porsche stuff over there. I mean, the races, I mean, it's, it's complete automotive overload in the best way because you'd, you'd have to travel, you know, year round 25 different places to see that much at one place at one time. It, you, you can't do it other than car week. There's nowhere in the world where you have it. And, and, you know, and everything about it is incredible. The, the, all the facilities you go to to see the cars, all the, the weather, the everything. There's just, there's no letdowns in that whole thing. And, and, and I'll say this year, it's going to be really incredible at Laguna Seca for the races because Le Mans is starting the celebration of the 100 years of the 24-hour Le Mans. The first celebration is in Monterey. It's at the track, and then it's at Pebble Beach on Sunday at the concourse. But the, the racetrack is going to have all four classes of cars that, that include lots of cars that raced at Le Mans. Number one, it's going to have a huge tent of cars that raced at Le Mans that either won overall or won their class, more than 50 of those. And those will be seen up. You can walk right up and walk around them. You'll be able to see the entire car, see everything about it. And then on top of that, they'll go out on the track and do, you know, they'll do uh, exhibition laps. So, um, you know, you just, it's going to be an incredible year at Monterey in general, an incredible year at the races. The races are going to be really exciting with, with Lamar being a part of this. And uh, um, and that's that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing right there, period. It is. it is. And listeners, if you want to learn more about Bruce's business, you just go to Canapa 
Dot-com. Uh, again, if you're looking for the ultimate car to buy, or you need a car worked on, or you just want to go and enjoy his shop during car week, you'll have an open house, you got to go visit Canapa. Check it out at canapa.com. Hey, join Bruce and I and all of the fellow crazy car people this year at Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Again, it takes place August 17th through the 20th at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. To learn more, go to weathertechraceway.com and get your tickets early and get your room now because this is going to be fun. Bruce, thanks for returning to Cars Yeah for making this such a fun talk. You always are fun to talk with. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you at the Rolex Monterey Motorsports Reunion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it. It was fun. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!